0: Are you ready to bounce back better? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey, here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship, so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. How do you deal with other people's opinions about you leaving a toxic relationship? Hello everybody, this is Sarah K. Ramsey and we got a question in the group um, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship today about facing a lot of pushback from my Christian friends about filing for divorce from my toxic ex. This person said they never realized what how they felt about people and people pleasing and all that kind of stuff until they were in it and had a lot of pushback from other people. So, um, I'm going to address the church issue As a separate entity, and then as well as if you just leave a toxic relationship, but everybody's got an opinion about it. Okay, actually, I'll address everybody's got an opinion about it first. So, when you hear about people fighting, or you know, you hear these crazy stories like, oh, you know, He's probably going to leave his socks on the floor. Don't let that bother you. Or and I told the story in my Wonders Woman Q&A tonight about me and toothpaste. Okay, so I have the messiest toothpaste in the world. It's just gross and I need to clean it and I leave the cap off and it has its own drawer and the drawer is messy and it's, you know, I keep it like, clean usually keep myself pretty clean. Uh, But that toothpaste is like a whole issue. And I made a joke with my husband. I was like, would you have married me if you'd only seen the toothpaste? He goes, no, you see that toothpaste, you think your life's a whole mess. And uh, it was kind of a joke between us. But you know, you hear about socks on the floor, toothpaste, or coming home late from work, or something like that. And when people are saying marriage is hard, some people are talking about those socks on the floor. They're not talking about living in constant confusion because you never know what's gonna happen next. They don't uh, think about, you know, feeling completely worthless because your toxic person can't value your worth. Someone who's supposed to love you is always putting you down. They don't think about having to constantly, 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 constantly take care of someone who It never seems to be your turn. They can never come back and make it be your turn. So people see from their own perspective, which if you've been one of my clients, you know is one of like my huge touch points for healing from a toxic relationship is that you missed it because you only saw from your own perspective, which is good, kind, loving, and fabulous, right? When you're getting advice about dating, marriage, breakups, divorce, et cetera, et cetera, you can get stuck in that same thing because they only see from their own perspective. And so if their fights are, he's late for work, he works a little too much, you know, um, he leaves his socks on the floor, you know, my mother-in-law gets on my nerves, you know, whatever that may be. That's the perspective they're giving you advice from. Not, I think I'm going to die if I don't get out of this. Not, I am so miserable every day. Not, I can't even function in my own body because my head is spinning so much in efforts to make them happy. Okay. Totally different perspective, totally different advice. So, Let's address the church thing, right? And divorce in the church. There's been a lot of conversation, um, and this is in lots of religious cultures. Um, This question was asked from the background of a traditional Christian Baptist Methodist non-denominational type uh, conversation, but I've seen this in lots of religious practices. Conversations about marriage becoming an idol. Conversations about, could you really look at someone in the face and say, God cares about your marriage way more than he cares about you saying they would never look at you in the face and say that and part of it will go with it's just naivety it's not being mean some people are mean and if you've not read my article um friend chooses your ex i highly recommend you read that it explains all this in great detail um but you never look someone in the face and say god cares about your marriage way more than he cares about you god cares about you staying in something god cares about you keeping your vows more than he cares about you And if they are only operating with the perspective of little, minor, the socks are out, that he's late for work, they can't even fathom your world. So, the advice that they're giving are based on the socks and they're saying, oh, you know, but they would never say... God cares about your marriage more than you. That they kind of say it, and there's a lot of conversation which needs to be more conversation about church culture and how the the idol it is made out of marriage. Because if whatever faith practice that you experience, there's not a faith practice in the, that I know of that's like, yay, divorce. Oh yeah, no big deal. Marriage means nothing. I, in every church, you know, every church culture, every religious group culture, um, that's a very highly esteemed thing as we want it to be. You know, you don't want somebody hooking up with your husband or, you know, you want it to be respected. I, I know you guys, and I know that you want that to be respected. Another reason people push so hard on it is because their house is miserable too. Often the biggest advocators of you staying in a horrible situation are people who've chosen to stay in their own horrible situations. And they are afraid if you face your fears, And you get out and you make a better life for yourself and you find love and you do all these things that they are going to have to face their own issues. They don't want to. People even say they're like, oh, is it really hard to help people after a toxic relationship? I'm like, no. Once I get my programs and stuff, it's super easy to help someone after a toxic relationship. What's difficult is getting women to choose themselves. What's difficult is getting women to say, I've been miserable for a long time. I don't want to be miserable anymore. I'm going to do something about it. That, that little piece, which is just like from here to here, it feels like this, you can't even see, it feels like all this, and it's this little tiny piece from here to here. That's what's difficult at my job, is getting women to give themselves permission to do something for themselves, or give themselves permission to invest in themselves, or giving themselves permission to choose themselves. That's what's difficult. Fixing, getting him out of your head, getting you a new life, getting you back in connection with your strengths—that's ah, easy, easy peasy. Uh, but getting you to choose yourself, which is exactly why people can be so ugly when you decide to get a divorce or when you decide to leave something—they do not want to face their own demons. They want to keep denial wrapped around them and it is much easier to the conversation they're giving to you and saying no you should stick it out you should keep doing it you should you should stay in there it's not right if you leave that's how they're talking to themselves in their own head so the question it was talking about not being bitter and there's three categories which that article talks about one they're in a toxic situation too or have been and they are screaming at you in the same ugly words that you're screaming to themselves. So you can have some kindness and forgiveness to that. You don't have to listen to it because it's just like, you, look, I give you full permission to be as miserable as you want to be. And if you think God doesn't care enough about you to actually want you to not want to die because you're in a horrible marriage, have at it. Like, <laughs> which I know probably sounds really silly, but it's really like, okay. Like, I give you full permission to, like, God can be as mean as you want it to be. And if you want me to give you some scripture to back that up and put it in the comment section, I can give you all kinds of stuff where, in this context the Christian faith, Jesus didn't take crap. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. He didn't take crap from hardly anyone. And the people he was so very hard on were people, in. he called them, uh, they were the Pharisees, and he called them whitewashed tombs, full of death and decay, but on the outside they looked beautiful. That sound familiar? You think that could be a narcissist? You think that could be a toxic person he's talking about? People who said they had all the answers but had so much pride they couldn't ask any of the questions. And when it was like Jesus, right? Okay. If you want to feel better about it, read the Bible. Read what Jesus was like. It's not anything like people try to make him like, and I'll be happy to share some verses if that's your particular faith that you have that you're wrestling with this about. So one type of person they are in a toxic relationship and they don't want to face their decision to leave and your bravery terrifies them yay for you you're awesome me they don't know they only have socks on the floor and they have someone treat them nice and they're assuming it's it couldn't be possibly as bad as you say it is because they've not had that experience in their own life no one who's been through the experience and then dealt with it says Oh man, that was great. I wish I had put up with that longer. If only I could have, you know, put up with his screaming another three years. Like no one does that. No one said, you know, through so the healing process says that or, they could be toxic right they could be um they called flying monkeys and people come and this is something i discussed in a major way um today in our q a for the um winter Solomon group program we have an hour-long conversation each week where we get to like do live and ask questions and dive deep into things and that was one of the things to talk about is how to recover your life when one toxic person. Gets lots of toxic people to come at you. That is an incredible strategy. If you've not seen my Navigating the Narcissist video, watch it, watch it, watch it. And it talks about using, well, everyone's going to think you're horrible. Well, everyone's going to think you're a bad person. Well, every, you know, Everyone's going to think that you don't believe in God. They all do the same thing. So if that is what they are doing and they are getting people on their team, those are not your people. So three categories. One, they've been in a toxic relationship themselves. So they don't want to deal with it. Two, they just don't know. They're not trying, they, they don't know better. You can be kind to both of those people or three, they're toxic and they're not your people. You want to get away from those people, okay? So I hope that helps. I can drop some verses. I know we've already had like 14 comments on that. So I know I know that's been an issue for some other people too that I want to help you guys with. You just really have to think it's a spectrum, right? You don't, you don't want to just, oh, God wants me to be happy when he's leaving his socks on the floor and God wants me to be happy when this and that, you know, that swing to the other end. I know from your stories, most of you are this other extreme end and it's hard to imagine God of kindness who wants you to be hurt all the time, by someone else's unhealthiness, by someone else's sin, if you want to use those, those contexts of a religious word, of someone else's misbehavior. And that's really what it is. They may not know they're saying this, but it's like, so you think my job on this earth is to put up with someone else's misbehavior, to help them continue to act badly. And you would not take someone who's completely obese and they were in, they were laid in the bed and couldn't get out of the bed and about to have a heart attack. You wouldn't bring them fried chicken every day. You wouldn't bring them milkshakes. You wouldn't bring them, that would be wrong to give those people to feed into their addiction. I don't think many, you know, people of the church or Christian faith would say, God, you, I don't care. You know, you should give him what he wants. I don't care having a heart attack i don't care if he's so obese he can't get out of bed you should take him that milkshake okay no one's gonna say that it sounds crazy you know you're there's a heroin addict and they want heroin and faith is gonna say oh you should take him heroin okay but when someone's addiction is power and control and extreme selfishness where they get you to do all the work of the relationship and they do not have to do the work people start making excuses because they don't understand it and they say, yo, you just turn the other cheek. Just give in to his power. Oh, just let him get away. Yo, he'll change. He'll change. And so that is what you're dealing with. Uh, and so just think about that fried chicken and milkshakes and the heroin addict, you would not support their bad behavior, which in the faith world, many would call like a sin. You know, you wouldn't support their sin in that way. So it would also be inappropriate for you to support a toxic person's sin of abuse, of getting to shoot you badly and get away with it. Okay. So I hope that helps. I'm sending you big love and hope you have a fabulous night. Hello, wonderful. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and that you found something that will either help you get past your past, get real about your present, or get serious about your future. And hopefully, it's all three. If you're not already in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, consider this your invitation. There are tons of lives, tons of tips and tricks to help you bounce back better. Have a great day.